Okay, so guys, last night I was cleaning out my bookcase over here at the farm where I grew up, and literally I'm staying in my old bedroom that I have not touched since I was 18. And last night I was reading Lindsay my diary and (laughs) my vocabulary when I was 19 years old was hilarious. I think even then Laura was trying to be a New York Times bestseller. She used words like extraordinary. What was another one, Laura? It was like all the easy long words. <laughs> Utterly. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm extraordinarily frustrated with my dad, which we love him, but apparently he was telling me that I shouldn't go she out. She couldn't hang out with her friends when she was 20 <laughs> years old. Oh my god! I'm loving this. This is amazing. Dad, if you're listening, not cool. Not cool, Dad. Why am I always the one as the (laughs) oldest with all the restrictions? But but ready? So I found apparently a book that Lindsay gave to Mom, and since it's going to be Mother's Day, (laughs) listen to the poem that Lindsay wrote. She said. To the best mom. Oh, no, 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 no. You are so nice. You even make ice. Mom, you are so brave. You even (laughs) go to rave. Mom, you clean my room, but sometimes you go boom. (laughs) Mom, you are the mom. You are the bomb, but I don't miss a kiss. I love you. That That is freaking gold. Talk about a New York Times bestseller, Linz. I Let's freaking publish that one. Right? <laughs> You're a freaking poet over there. Uh, right? I wish it had a year on it so I could see what year it was written. But um, It's okay. We don't need to know what year. It was probably when I was like three. Let's hope it was when I was three. <laughs> it's like 2019. <laughs> right? <laughs> that would be so great. Um, I mean, I make up songs to my animals all the time. Like, you know, fabulous ones. I love it. We have a singer, songwriter, and a poet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I have another thing to tell you guys that I just, like, can't even right now. What? Can I tell you? Guys, I'm getting something tomorrow. A Peloton? (laughs) No. You're crazy expensive. That was a really good guess because Lindsay and I were talking about that legit yesterday and I was looking up like laptop covers so that you can work on your Peloton. But no, my family is expanding. Oh my God. Are you getting a kitten? It's a very close guess. A rabbit. I'm getting, I'm getting four of them. Can you guess what? Chickens. Goats. Goats? Where are you going to keep them in your house? No, we're gonna keep them at James's farm. Oh my gosh, that's wait, baby goats, baby goats, guys. I want to try to do goat yoga with them. I am so excited, guys. We're gonna have goat yoga at Flourish. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see if I can train them. That is so fun. That is so fun. I'm definitely. I need to see these goats. I've always wanted a little goatee. Right? Me too. I hope they're really nice and I hope they want to snuggle, but I'm so excited. So today, (laughs) to get on topic, we have such a cool interview with Emily Castle, who is a awesome, soulful business coach. And I have never really heard of a business coach that thinks in the way she does, which is really cool because we all know that I think a lot about, you know, full moon and timing and energy and all of that being really important to the work that you do every day. A hundred percent. The conversation, I mean, she was just so unbelievably knowledgeable. And I think she brought up a bunch of things that I've personally never heard of or thought of. And I think it was just such a valuable episode. I can't wait to listen to it back. I know me do. And then also So just a forewarning, we talk about periods and menstrual cycles and all that jazz. And full disclosure, I track Lindsay's cycle in my calendar. I don't track my own. I have no idea when mine is coming, but I have Lindsay's in my calendar, which is super helpful when you're doing business with with someone. I just found this out after the episode. (laughs) 
But I feel like we've all discussed how helpful it would be to take a vacation, like take a day or two days off when you get your period because then you can move more in flow with your body and that's more of a time for reflection and for working on yourself. And I think it can be really hard and cause a lot of friction when you have so much hustle in your schedule unknowingly not working with your cycle. It's crazy because we have something that changes our body composition so significantly each month, but then in business, we act like it doesn't even exist, which just blows my mind. Definitely. And the way that Emily explains it, the way that she explains everything in this episode is she just, it was so valuable. And I think that you guys are seriously going to love this episode. So let's get into it. Together podcast. This is Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Flourish Coworking Space and Dean Street Law. Flourish is a lush, sustainable, and inspiring space to co-work and host events in Westchester, PA, and also a place to find community and community that we've now brought online with our online community and our Flourish We Grow Together podcast. We are so happy to have you. And I'm here with my two co-hosts, Lindsay and Casey. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. It's Lindsay DeFrancesco, the co-founder of Flourish. And I am Casey, the community manager of Flourish. And we are so, so excited to be speaking today with Emily Castle. She is a soulful business and leadership coach, but I will let her introduce herself because I want you to hear from her how amazing she is. I can't wait for you to hear from her. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, as Laura mentioned, I am a soulful business and leadership coach for women entrepreneurs, and I really help. The core of my work is really helping women entrepreneurs launch, grow, and scale the businesses that their souls came here to create and to do that alongside other women in sisterhood. And so, yeah, that's the work that I've been up to for about six years. And I currently work with women all across the world, which is so fulfilling and exciting to me. Um, And I'm based right now in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. So I'm not too far from you guys down the road from Flourish. (laughs) You're so close. We can't wait to have you visit once we reopen and everything. I know. I've seen it and I'm like, it's so beautiful. I can't wait to go. (laughs) We cannot wait to have you. And that is such a beautiful mission. I'm curious, how did you get started in this work? What was your career path like? What inspired you to start doing this? Mm, Yeah. So for me, I don't know if this is everyone's situation, but for me, I always felt drawn to books about business and entrepreneurship and then books about spirituality as like a kid. And I remember one of the books that fell off the shelf for me literally in my high school library was called The Feminine Brain or The Female Brain by Luann Brizendine. And Stop it. That's one of my favorite <laughs> books. Oh my gosh. So fascinating. And so, you know, as someone who was like 17 or 16 at the time, I was just like, whoa, this changes the whole paradigm of what I thought was the case about many, many things in the world as a woman. And I actually decided to go to an all-women's college, Chatham University in Pittsburgh, which is now co-ed, sadly. (laughs) Um, But I had that experience there and I studied psychology. I thought that I might go into a career path of business ownership and entrepreneurship. But I thought at the time that it would be more of a brick and mortar thing. I, I didn't know that I could have you know, a business online where I was working with people all over the world and really feeling super free and like freely expressed and all of that stuff that I get to do now, which is so fun. Um, but I didn't know that that was a possibility. So at the time I had envisioned like having a holistic healing center or something where women could come or people could come and just receive healing modalities of all kinds. And I stumbled into a positive psychology course when I was undergrad and just fell in love and was like, oh my gosh, this is the work that I'm here to do. 
But at the same time, I was also really curious and interested in entrepreneurship and specifically women's entrepreneurship and what makes it different for women and what are the barriers that specifically hold us back or the challenges that we face that men don't necessarily. And how do we do it in our own way? And how do we like really rewrite the paradigm and create something new that supports us and that serves the world and all of that stuff and is super fulfilling at the same time. So it's not as linear as I'm, I'm trying to make it concise here, but <laughs> um, I graduated from college two years early because I was going to go into like a 3-2 program and just get my master's in counseling. But then after that course, decided that wasn't going to be for me because this was what I really felt called to do. And then ended up taking a job at a local magazine publishing company in Pittsburgh and doing ad sales and event planning, and then a coach training program virtually while I was there, and then starting my business. And I've been working with women one-on-one and in groups and mastermind settings for since, let's say, December of 2014. So I can't believe it's been like six years. (laughs) That is so cool. And I love how much it has evolved for you and um, how much it's changed over time too. Mm -hmm. Um, I know through your Instagram, I see you talking about retreats. I want to know what does it look like when clients work with you? Yeah. Thank you for asking that. I, you know, for me, I have three different ways that I work with clients right now. One is called the Soulful Business Academy, and that's more for women who are just getting started or who want to build a strong foundation and fearlessly launch their calling. So that looks a little bit different. Um, It's more of a skill building and also group coaching experience. And then my business alchemy circle program is almost like the next tier up for women who are ready to grow their businesses and who already either have a side hustle that's pretty well developed or who are working for themselves full time and who really want to expand their impact and income. Um, And then I have a mastermind program called the soulful leadership mastermind, where we go on beautiful, luxurious retreats and things, and also work together one-on-one and and as a group. And with some, we have some guest expert trainings in there and things like that. But overall um, I would say that the work that we do is really a blend of soul and strategy, because I think for us as women, we really, the women that I work with anyway, we really want to have meaning behind our work and we want to do it in a way that feels more downstream and easeful and in flow. And that feels super, super fulfilling and freeing. And so a lot of what we do is really at that intersection point of getting in touch with your soul's wisdom and guidance and really understanding and decoding those messages for how to move forward, what the next steps are for you, what the bigger vision is for you, what your soul's mission on this planet is. And then from there, architecting the strategy that feels really good and juicy and nourishing, but also is going to get you to those results in a much more easeful and sustainable way than just doing it the way that someone else has done it or cookie cutter method or, um, sort of like copy and pasting from someone else's model. It's really about creating. That's why I say the business that your soul came here to create, because it really is this like unique blueprint for each individual woman um, of what she is meant to do and how she is meant to serve. And what is she meant to contribute to the world? And how is she meant to embody that mission and bring that forward in a way that's impactful and potent and really like world changing for the people she serves and then a broader ripple effect of a community that is impacted by, by that and by her influence and leadership. So I hope that answers the question. (laughs) Definitely. And I think that that's such an amazing mission because it totally shifts the mindset and how you think about business. I feel like we're all taught a very textbook and educational way to think about business And this takes more of like a soulful mindset versus that textbook mindset, which is probably has come about because in history, business has been very male dominated. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what does that, how does that mindset change the impact that women are having as they step into that and as they do grow their businesses? Mm. 
I love that question. And I, I totally agree with you. I'm, everything that you're saying, I'm just like, yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly the challenge and maybe the problem right? like that we're, <laughs> that we're having. I think to answer the question about how that changes the impact women are having and how we're leading and how we're showing up and how we're creating businesses is that we're starting to do it in a way that actually honors our innate feminine wisdom instead of trying to fit ourselves into a prescribed masculine way of doing things that has been created by men for men in a way that works for men. Um, the thing that I find most fascinating that women are starting to learn and, and starting to do differently is that we're starting to wake up to the reality that this, uh, the way that businesses are structured and the way that we've learned from books written by men that are <laughs> based on like how we're supposed to be successful in business is all based on a masculine perspective that glorifies and over prioritizes masculine energy, right? And the thing that I love to work with women on is really how do we reclaim and reinvigorate and reignite that feminine energy that lives within all of us so that we can really step into our creative capacity and serve the world in a more holistic from a more holistic approach, from a more holistic capacity. Um, and also to do so in a way that's sustainable energetically, financially, and otherwise for us, that doesn't necessitate us operating on a 24 hour hormonal cycle, but that actually fits with our 28 day hormonal cycle that we go through every single month, because the way that work and business are structured right now and have been historically is on a 24 hour hormonal cycle where you're waking up and you're starting to wake up and your energy peaks midday and then it starts to fall and then you're exhausted by the end of the day and then you wake up and you do it all over again. And there's this sort of bell curve of energy that most things are based off of. And the way that we work as women looks very, very different. And that I think is really exciting. <laughs> you have to go into it. You have to go into it. Cause we definitely want to hear about the sustainable business cycle and what that looks mm -hmm. like for females. Yes. So I just actually did a training on this earlier today. So this is fresh in my mind, <laughs> um, but mostly we all have these four phases that are happening within our, our cycle, within our body that change the way that our brain body hormones are primed to show up and, and the tasks that sort of match and fit optimally with that stage that we're in. So we all have our, well, actually I shouldn't say we all have, because that's not true. If you are pregnant or if you are on hormonal birth control, this might look a little bit different for you, but ultimately as someone in a feminine body, you will have these four distinct cycle phases throughout the month, which are follicular, ovulation, luteal, and menstrual. Um, and so in those four cycles, which we're all fairly familiar with, right? Our hormones change, our biochemistry changes, and that changes the way our brain functions and what we're, what we're able to optimize and leverage to really do during each phase of, of the month. And so if we can actually plan accordingly and prioritize certain tasks at different times of the month to the best of our ability, we can better leverage what's already happening in our bodies and in our minds instead of constantly feeling like it's not enough or like we aren't doing it right or like we aren't performing the way that we want to be or creating the impact that we want to be creating, or that we're tired all the time, or overwhelmed all the time, we can instead create a bit of a structure for ourselves and plan ahead so that we can optimize what's going on already instead of feeling like we should be doing it a different way, or that consistency looks like doing something the same way every single day, because we are literally not the same every single day. We are changing our, our brain and body chemistry changes up to 30% every single month. And so how could we possibly expect ourselves to have a strategy that is so consistent in the way that we typically think of consistency of like rote <laughs> repetition the same way when we are literally changing all the time, which is the genius of a feminine body. <laughs> That's fantastic. Can you take us through, for example, what would be good to do in each of the different phases? And I loved that you went into it, but maybe you could also explain 
I know the terms, but mm. it's been a while. So like explain like is this a week after your period or what and what like what is the best thing for you to focus on during that time? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start with with menstruation and your period just to kind of give us a baseline like everybody knows when that's happening. It's pretty clear. <laughs> versus the others. Um, so yeah, right. So this is assuming that you have a relatively regular cycle. And also I should say, if you don't, you can also follow the moon phases instead of these menstrual phases that are happening in your body. The cool thing about menstruation is that I, I learned this fact once. I don't know I don't know where to cite it, but (laughs) I find it really fascinating um, that if there was no artificial light in the world, all women would cycle on the same cycle with the moon. So pretty amazing. Amazing. Um, Yeah. Like the wisdom in our bodies is so freaking like it's there if we look for it. Right. But a lot of times that's negated or that's not highlighted. And so women don't even know that their bodies are this powerful and capable. And I just find that fascinating. So going off of that (laughs) for menstrual, for menstruation, this is, um, usually about three to seven days, I believe for most women. And so if you start here and start tracking, I highly recommend by the way that everybody tracks their menstrual cycle. You can use an app on your phone to do that. There are so many of them. My favorite is called my flow. And it's spelled M-Y-F-L-O. And you can find it in the app store, but it's by Elisa Vitti, who talks about this a lot in the context of like health and hormones and what to eat and how to exercise when and, and all of that. So highly recommend her work too. So during menstruation, the best things to focus on, whether it's in your business or in your life, you can kind of play with applying the same concepts there. Menstruation really calls us inward. It's almost like an internal winter phase where there's a lot happening below the surface and internally, but we don't really see much being produced, right? Like think of a plant in the winter. It's not blooming, but it's the roots are riotous, right? So this is a great time to rest, to slow down, to turn inward, uh, to reflect on what's really working well, what's out of alignment or no longer serving you or your audience or your clients or your relationships or whatever. It's great to have extra doses of meditation and journaling to really tap into the intuition that's supernatural and heightened at this phase. And it's great to really feel in deeply to what is desiring to be brought to life through you or what you are desiring to create during this phase. And there are so many tools and beautiful self-care practices. I like to take a lot of baths at this time. I like to take um, a lot of space in my schedule. I like to pre-plan that I've blocked off extra space for myself to just like really process a lot and, and, reflect and do a lot of journaling, writing, that kind of stuff, and a lot of extra self-care during this time of the month. Because when I do that, it pays off all month long in bigger ways. So the next cycle phase is a follicular phase. And this is sort of like uh, our internal spring. And if you were following the moon phases, this would be the waxing moon phase between new moon and full moon, where you're starting to see the energy come back or the light of the moon come back. And if you look at the actual hormonal fluctuations, if you were to look at a chart, you would see that reflected really beautifully as well. It's really cool to see how our bodies cycle in the same ways. So during follicular phase, this is when, like I said, it's your internal spring. So you think everything's coming back online (laughs) and you're planting new seeds here, brainstorming new ideas and projects. Um, If you're an entrepreneur, engaging with your audience, being curious, maybe doing some market research is really helpful here. Getting the strategies in place and the system set up so you can hit the ground running in ovulation phase and in follicular phase. This is a great time to try new things, to start new projects, to set up new systems, um, and really to realign anything that's ready to shift. So this is like your planning phase where everything is like new ideas planted, and then let's get them set up to be implemented. The 
phase after that is called ovulation. This is like your peak stage. This is like your internal summer. Everything is like in full bloom energetically. You're ready to go. (laughs) You're like, I am here world. I am my most radiant and vibrant. This is the time where you want to schedule like photo shoots, video recordings, interviews if you can. It's a great time to bulk create video content. Um, It's a great time to sell and promote your work, run challenges, webinars, trainings, launches, all that kind of stuff. Have sales conversations, form and nurture personal connections with prospective clients or connections, networking, or just relationships in your life. Like lots of happy hours during this time, you'll have the energy to do more so you can optimize with that. And then inviting people to buy and apply for whatever it is that you're offering. And then the final and fourth phase is called luteal phase. And this one is like your internal fall or autumn season. And this would be the waning phase of the moon phases. So you would be going from full moon to new moon where you're starting to see more darkness and less light on the moon. This is a great time for streamlining your systems, booking and holding new client consultation calls, following up with warm leads, on and offboarding clients, any kind of administrative tasks or accounting or anything that you're like tying up loose ends on projects is great to do at this time. And also decluttering your physical or virtual workspaces is really great to do. So like cleaning up files or getting rid of anything, this, this theme of like release and completion is really within this phase of the luteal phase where it's like you're a little squirrel preparing, like gathering all the nuts to go into hibernation, or like this lower energy phase of, of menstruation again. That's sort of where we are in the vibe that I personally experienced during luteal phase. I love this conversation so, so much and how applicable it is to business too. And mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating because if we're not aware of this, I think we can honestly be really hard on ourselves. Like mm-hmm. you mentioning this and learning it from you, it's, I've never heard this before, you know? So if I'm trying to operate, and I'm sure a lot of people are like that, if I'm trying to operate on a 24 hour hormone cycle, like a man, it might not work for me. And I, I think that a lot of people honestly feel that and you can get down on yourself because you're like, oh, I'm not like waking up being extremely productive every day. And I think that can be hard on you. I know on your Instagram, you also talked about how people, you know, were expected to have an eight hour work day, but we're only really productive for around four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Could you speak a little bit more on this? Because yeah. I'm fascinated by this too. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad. It makes me really happy also to know that this is the first time you're hearing this because I know like every group of women I've ever spoken to about this is just like completely empowered and transformed by it and feels like it we're like set free. Like we have permission to just be who and how we are and operate in our own way because we are literally unique creatures, which I love. So yeah, the, the idea of productivity and time management is really interesting because actually we can't manage time. We can only manage our attention (laughs) and our energy, right? We don't actually get to say uh, how to like time continues to march on. Right. And we are just kind of within it (laughs) operating however we might. So I find it really interesting that we have this idea of an eight hour work day and yet most of that time is pretty unproductive. If you look at the statistics and research on how people function at work, even the top performing people are probably productive, you know, only a fraction of that time. And it's not so much about how long we're working or even how hard we're working. It's more about how smart we're working and how efficiently we're working and how focused we are when we're working. I know so many people, I'm sure you guys have the same experience for yourselves that like, if you're given an amount of time to do something, you actually become less productive because you just wait until the the nth hour where you're like, okay, finally, like I have to do this now. And we'll find so many ways to distract ourselves and waste time <laughs> doing other everything else besides the thing that we actually need to do until we have to do it until there's like a little bit of pressure. So I think, you know, for me, my time, And for my clients, this is what we talk about also. Like we want a spacious schedule. Actually, what we want is like time freedom. 
you know, that's part of the reason why I think a lot of women start businesses is to have more freedom of time and to be able to say, this is when I'm available. This is when I'm not, I don't have to be working all the time. And yet when we get into our businesses and when things start getting underway and growing, we adopt the same like eight hour workday mentality when really we're like, you're the boss of your time and your energy and your attention. So (laughs) why are you doing that? Like who says you have to do it, right? There's so much conditioning that we have wrapped up in the way that we're supposed to work that carries over from corporate or whatever our previous experience was, even school or higher education, that then we just plunk into our businesses and it becomes the way we do it. And then we end up not really feeling that free or spacious. And we're like, wait, same issues, different context, different business, different work, but I'm not really feeling that different in it. So I see this a lot with a lot of my women who are switching from corporate or or a different environment into entrepreneurship for the first time. We really have to learn to reclaim our power over our time and energy and attention and create structures that support us to be effective and not to be, you know, just sitting there twiddling our thumbs, doing all the things that aren't actually important and just focusing on getting those high leverage, non-negotiable things done every single week consistently or every single month consistently, depending on how we plan out our, our work and then have the rest of the time, which is better spent in like meditation or journaling or self-care to come back to those four hours a day or however many hours a day feels good to you to work our most effective and our most focused and impactful and potent so that we can deliver high quality work in less time and then enjoy our life. Because I think a lot of us, you know, we build businesses so we can have a better lifestyle, but if we're just continuing to grind and hustle all the time, (laughs) then we're actually not enjoying it, right? We're just like delaying the joy of the journey until some random destination that we've decided is success. Right. So, yeah, I love that. And I think it's so funny that you say that because that's a huge difficulty that I struggled with for probably the first year of entrepreneurship, almost Mm -hmm. to a day, because I found so much pressure that I put on myself to show up at the exact same hours as I was working previously at my law firm. Mm -hmm. And then particularly when we opened Flourish, even more so because I felt like I needed to be there at 9 a.m. when we opened. (laughs) And even even though Casey was there taking care of things, I still felt a need to be present. And then now that we've been on quarantine, it has been – one of the most freeing things to know that I, since we've started this, I've shaped a schedule that truly works so much more for you, for me. And like you said, incorporates a lot more hours in meditation and thinking time Mm -hmm. and really focusing, you know, a couple hour, not a couple hours, you know, some days are like 10 hour days and some hours, some days are four hour days. I try to keep it to like the six and hour days ish. Um, But Lindsay, I was telling Lindsay, I was saying, you know, it's really hard for me because I feel like I don't get into my legal work, which is my primary time concern in until noon. And she said, well, is there any way that you can embrace that? (laughs) Is that a a bad thing? Because I do spend a lot of time in the morning on growth activities such as journaling and writing my book and whatnot. Mm. Yes. I love that you do that (laughs) because really, you know, that is actually making you so much more effective and so much more efficient than just doing a lot of work that's kind of not at the level of quality, you know, and I just find it so interesting. Like we're really at this moment where we're rewriting so much of what, like so much of our relationships with work. And I think, you know, to create the energy of alignment for each of us is the most important work, quote unquote work that we can actually do aside from 
you know, the, the actual doing of the things, whatever that looks like for your unique business or your unique work. And I just find like alignment comes from that combination of soul and energy. And when we have that peace in check, everything else becomes so much easier. It creates so much ease and so much flow. And then from that place, everything we create is like magic and potent and powerful and like so much more word. Like it's just so much more valuable, whatever we're creating from that place versus just creating a lot of half bootied things. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I particularly loved how you said that we don't really control time. We control our attention. Mm -hmm. Do you have tips for entrepreneurs or people in business who are looking to really channel their energy and attention Mm -hmm. and how to remove the distractions from their lives? Yeah. Oh gosh. So many things. I I have this little chart that I created for myself and I shared it with my email list the other week and I called it CFTs, which is conditions for thriving. And those are sort of all the things that actually get us into alignment energetically. Like you were talking about, you know, your meditation and your journaling practices and all of that. And I think those are so integral to being able to manage our energy Because if we don't do those things and if we don't have a foundation of alignment, then we get pulled in every direction. We're distracted by everything. We're unclear about what really matters and what's really important. So everything feels suddenly very urgent and important at the same time. And then we're just putting out fires and sort of operating from this survival mode versus a more intentional flow of of productivity and creating results that are actually aligned with our vision and actually aligned with the goals that we've set for ourselves. And so, yeah, I think, you know, that's one thing is like really knowing what those non-negotiable things are for your self-care and your alignment. And then I also have all of my clients create a list of like non-negotiable things that need to happen in their businesses on a weekly basis to keep things flowing. And sometimes, you know, that's like content creation. Sometimes it's really heavily based on marketing or building connections or outreach or just like standard operating things um, or admin tasks throughout the week, but knowing and getting super clear and grounded into what are the non-negotiable things, both for my energetic alignment and then for my business growth and from a more strategic perspective, knowing that and then having a system for that, whatever it looks like. So many people like different things. You know, I love using Asana personally as a project management system and then assigning, like mapping out projects and tasks associated with those projects and assigning them to myself and setting deadlines and delegating pieces of it to my virtual assistant and that kind of thing. Some people operate best on like a paper planner schedule. Some people love, you know, something totally different, (laughs) Trello or a different form of, um, of project management, but I think having a system is so important. And I think a lot of us, especially women resist that because we feel like there's going to be too much rigidity or not enough flexibility or not enough freedom within that. And I think it's important to create systems that support you and nourish you and nourish the direction that you want your business to grow in without having it feel too rigid, but structure and rigidity don't have to be the same thing. And I think that sort of sacred masculine energy (laughs) and that sacred feminine energy can kind of flow together and create a really beautiful, harmonious and healthy business ecosystem for each of us. That's beautiful. And can we dive deeper into what you mean by systems and how each person can go through or what typical systems do you think are important to implement? I realize that's different from business to business, but if you could generalize which systems that you find are really effective or how can people start implementing systems in their businesses? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way that I like to start with systems is to think about all the things that actually have to happen in your business. Like if you were to just brain dump or even track your time throughout the week and just see what are the things that could be easier. (laughs) And I think a lot of times we forget that we can delegate things to a system or a piece of technology and not a person. You know, I think a lot of times women 
we keep ourselves playing small a little bit in our businesses because we think, oh, well, I can't outsource that until I have the money to pay someone. And, and I don't right now because I'm just getting started or I'm investing in this other thing. So I'll just not do that. I'll just do it myself. And I think we forget that like technology can be such a friend and an ally in this whole process for us. And um, so what I like to do is sort of audit the week or the month and see like, okay, what are all the things that actually have to happen and where am I spending time or what's becoming a distraction or an energy drain? And then I'll look at, okay, how can I put that into a system? So for example, for if you have client calls that need to be scheduled, can you set up an automated email sequence that goes out at the first of every month to remind them to schedule and then sends them a link to a Calendly page where they can just go through that whole thing and then they're booked without you having to lift a finger? Or can you uh, set up like an email onboarding system on your email list so that when somebody signs up and joins your email list that they're hearing from you within that critical first seven to 14 day window when they're first getting to know, like, and trust you to build rapport and to then create that relationship with them. So they know who you are and how you can help them. And if it's for them or not what you're offering. I also just think, you know, a project management system is really important. Like I mentioned Asana and I think just a system defining a system to me is just like, a structure that simplifies and streamlines your process. (laughs) And that can be a form of technology. It can be a system that you create on a whiteboard in your office. It can be kind of anything. It's just what's going to work best for you, the way that you like to work and what makes the most sense to you and what can be followed and stuck to. So like really you just need it to be kind of enjoyable and usable for you so that you continue to keep it updated because any system, um, if it's something that requires that you do it more than one time or that you update or maintain it, it isn't going to work if you never update and maintain it, if that's what it requires of you. So you have to enjoy it. I think also for a lot of women entrepreneurs, the idea of social media can feel really overwhelming or marketing can feel really overwhelming. So having a system for that is really helpful. And I like to lead my clients through like a, a process and, a, and creating a system for them to keep their messaging really consistent and also know what kind of content goes out when and to what channels and just create this thing that just makes it so much easier for them so that they don't have to feel like they're flying by the seat of their pants and overwhelmed with a million ideas and not sure what is actually important or what needs to be implemented when, but then they just know that. And I think the important part of a system is like getting out of like getting all of that mental energy freed up and getting it into something that's, that lives outside of your brain and body so that you can actually free up all that energy to devote to what is actually important and what needs your attention versus the little minutia and little details that are not your zone of genius. So anything that's within your zone of incompetency or your zone of competency can be delegated and put into a system of some kind. And if it's within your zone of genius, then that means that's something that you should always be doing in your business that's non-negotiable that you have to do that has to come from you. And a lot of other things, I think women would be surprised to know that like the zone of genius is a very short list. (laughs) Zone of competency is a pretty long list and zone of incompetency might be kind of a short list depending on where you fall in your skill sets. But yeah, I think that answers your question. Right. That that was beautiful. And I love that you got into the zone of genius, zone of competency, and zone of incompetency. I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs who who haven't heard those terms and they're super, super important. And even Mm -hmm. me who has heard those terms, I trip myself up (laughs) all the time trying to delegate my zone of genius areas Mm -hmm. that frankly I just can't delegate. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah been there and they cause they cause yeah right they cause you more trouble trying to delegate those zones of genius that you truly can't delegate Mm -hmm. so so as somebody is looking to scale Mm -hmm. what do you guide them through 
to scale their business? And do you see any roadblocks that you need to remove to scale a business and help (laughs) entrepreneurs through that process? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So when someone is scaling, and this is sort of like aligned with my mastermind experience is really helping women to scale their businesses. I think a lot of what comes up is actually more internal than it is strategic, but there are also some strategic pieces, but they kind of flow from that internal core of like thinking bigger about what's possible for your business and going bigger in a way right? Like how do I create more impact and more income and really expand my reach, expand the net, expand who I'm able to serve and how I'm able to serve them in a way that also doesn't burn me out and is sustainable. And that feels like enlivening flow and not exhausting hustle. Like where is the, where is the sweet spot here? And I think for a lot of women, that challenge comes from um, feeling the calling, but not quite knowing uh, what form it needs to take or feeling like they feel the calling to do the thing that's bigger and more expanded. And then they feel this internal contraction, like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that or maybe not now, or they make excuses, right. As we all do when we're faced with something worth doing, that's big, that feels scary in a positive way. We're like, Oh, me? Really? Me? And like, how would I do that? And I have all these limiting beliefs now coming up about um, investing in myself or investing in a team or finding the right people or turnover or let's see, what are some of the other things that come up? Just like, how do I even market this to a wider audience or how do I speak to this? I have a client right now in my mastermind who has a very successful business in the Italian market and she's a coach. So she does, she coaches in Italian, but she wants to translate her work into an English speaking market and create new offerings for them and serve them. And that's one of the ways she's scaling her business right now. And so (laughs) that looks different, right? There are, there are mindset issues that come up about, you know, are people going to like what I have to say? It's almost like we have to go back and go deeper into the layers of what we thought we had already dealt with at a previous level of success. And now it's showing back up again from a new perspective because we're, we're testing all of our limits again in a new way and wanting to go bigger and expand beyond what our current capacity is. So I think when we speak about the, the capacity expanding, it's not only the, actual capacity of like, can you hold the space for all of these things? And do you have the people who need to be there to support all these new clients, whether it's customer support or other roles within your team that need to be there to actually let there be more business? And we're also talking about the the emotional energetic capacity, like within me, Am I aligned with an abundant mindset for success that actually allows these things to be possible so that I can dream bigger and envision bigger than where I would allow myself to go before? That's so amazing. And I kind of, I love how we just talked about scaling. I'm also wondering for someone who has felt that they are called to do something, they are still working at like their nine to five, um, but how would they go about finding what their soul's mission is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Um, yes. And I, I think it's a, it's a different equation, right? For like, this is why I have these different offerings of different levels for different people at different stages, because they, what you need at each phase looks a little different. Um, so I think the way you go about feeling that is like first understanding that if you're feeling the call, if the desire is within you, it's for you. And so if you're feeling that calling, it's trustable. And I think we forget how trustable we are, especially as women. We, we doubt ourselves. We don't listen to our intuition and our callings. We make up excuses. We get in our heads. But what we know, like our deepest truth is unquestionable and unshakable, and it keeps coming back every single time. (laughs) Like it will get louder and louder and louder until we actually take action on it and, and show up to meet it and, and take the first step for then the universe or the divine or God or whatever you want to say can come meet you and kind of 
help you do the rest and come in and support you, or even just the resources can mobilize to come in and support you with that intention. And so I would say, first of all, it's like knowing that if it's within you, it's for you, it's trustable, you can rely on that. And then getting curious is the next piece. It's like, get curious and dream (laughs) and give yourself the space to dream. And I think a lot of people want to go right into, oh my gosh, do I need an LLC? And do I need this? And like, what other things? And oh my gosh, I need a logo and a website. And I think we need to like calm down a little bit when we first hear the calling and actually just go within and really explore and get curious about the vision that's in our hearts. Like, what is it that I really want to create? And what is it that I would love to contribute? And what's the difference I want to make in the world? And what are the things that really just like break my heart that I see? Or what are the problems that I feel called to serve? Like, who do I really want to help? Where do I see an opportunity for my skill set and my interests and my experiences and, and all of these pieces to really come together in service to something so much greater than myself? And I think that part, like in my Soulful Business Academy program, which is for people who are at this phase, we start with a training module that's all about vision, mission, and message, because that's really the foundation of everything. If you don't have vision and know your mission, then everything else is just built on a foundation of sand, right? It's not really built on this foundation of strong soul mission and calling, even if you think you kind of know. I think a lot of people, we we think we have enough of an idea and then we don't really go deep enough and root in. It's like, you know how if you, you plant a seed and then like the roots aren't deep enough or a tree is planted and it's new and then a big storm comes and like it can just pull it right out because the roots haven't had time to really deepen enough into the soil so that it's it's really rooted and grounded in and strong enough and resilient enough to to like weather a storm. That's kind of what it's like. And I think we need to go deep first so that we can then go like we can, we can only go as tall as, or as high as we can go deep is what I really believe. And so like we see that evidenced in nature a lot. And I think we need to remember that for ourselves too. And for our work, it's like, we have to go deep enough so that then within that, with upon that foundation, we can really grow something strong and beautiful that thrives and flourishes through whatever comes its way, that it can be really resilient and adaptable and steadfast in the face of any challenge or any kind of sway or doubt or fear that might arise for you. You need to be rooted into that vision and mission and know with full clarity what that is for you. And I think the the way that we get there is like, we got to trust ourselves. We got to know that, that that calling is within us and it's for us. And then we have to like be willing to take the first step and go deep with ourselves. That was so beautiful. You gave me goosebumps. Mm, you know. <laughs> that was so good. And I love that the conversation of, you know, not rushing yourself. I think a lot of times with our dreams, it can feel like we're almost putting ourselves on a timeline, but I think I just love everything about what you said, you know, taking time and slowing down to really go deep and just think more in depth about everything. I think that that's amazing. I'm curious, what tools have you used for yourself? Is there resources like books or podcasts that you listen to? You're so knowledgeable about so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I I actually, you know what, it's funny you asked that because I just put out since I redid my website and rebranded in like October last fall, I hadn't had a resources page on my website until like yesterday. (laughs) So if anyone is interested in like tools and books and resources and like further reading, um, I highly recommend going there because I just put it all in one place for everyone who's interested. And it's just on my website, it's emilycastle.com slash resources where you can find like books and courses and things that are from other people (laughs) and products and things that I love that have been helpful along my journey too. Awesome. And we'll have everything linked in the show notes too. So everyone can check out Emily and everyone should check out her Instagram too. And we'll link everything below. So it's easy for you to do so. 
Yeah. And one more question before you go. I saw that you attended Create and Cultivate. Mm -hmm. How often do you invest in conferences? What have you gone to? And are are there any that you recommend as well? Oh, good question. I actually don't go to a lot of conferences. I went to Create and Cultivate in New York last spring which was really fun because I had some friends who were going from that I don't get to see often. Um, But to be honest, that was like super overwhelming because there was so much, it was such a packed day and there was so much, like it was an experience. Like everything was super branded, which was really cool and fun. And you got like a great goodie bag. (laughs) But it was a little bit, yeah, it was a little bit much. Like I was like, whoa, this is a long day. You know, Mm -hmm. like it was like eight to nine, like 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like it was full. So yeah, it was really a lot. (laughs) And there were like three different stages going all day. So it was a lot. I tend to like my investments in business tend to be more intimate than that. I like to invest in masterminds, in coaches, in like some soulful work. I'm trying to think of what what was more recent. Like I love working with my friend who's an astrologer to read my chart and see what's coming up and plan around that. Um, I love to attend retreats that are like intimate with a mentor. And yeah, so that's, that's more my jam. I love intimacy, <laughs> like small groups um, more than I do like huge conferences, but if it's the right thing, I will definitely go. <laughs> I love that. And how, and who is your astrologer and how do you use that to plan around your chart? I'm super curious. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's actually a great friend of mine. We've been friends and sort of on like parallel paths in our businesses for years. Um, and she actually has offered like a, a free birth chart session to everyone who joins my business alchemy circle program, which has been so fun because they've loved it and have like, it was the first time that a lot of them have, have had an astrology reading. So basically what, what I've done is one, just understand like my birth chart and, and how that influences who I am and what my strengths are and what I'm here to do and how I'm here to do it. And like challenges that are common for me in relationships and, all kinds of stuff. Like it can answer so many questions <laughs> that you have about yourself in any capacity. Um, but I also like to meet with her like every six months or so just to look at like what's the forecast of the next few months for me so that I can see if there are any like optimal dates for me to plan a launch or if there are anything, if there's anything that looks like a time where I'm going to need a little bit more space to deal with something coming up. It's interesting. I highly recommend it. Her name is Courtney Sage and she, um, she's based in Pittsburgh, but she does virtual sessions with people all over. And her Instagram is sojourn and align, which is kind of hard to spell. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out and we'll put it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah. How can everybody get in contact with you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I love to hang out and shoot me a DM. Um, my handle is at Emily Castle official and everything for my business. You can find on my website at emilycastle.com. And if you want to email me directly to chat, I'd love to hear your thoughts about anything shared on this episode and this conversation. Um, and you can email me at emily at emilycastle.com. Wonderful. And everyone, please DM Emily. Please share with her what you loved about the episode, any thoughts that you had, realizations that you've come to, or anything else that's on your heart. And especially give her a thanks for all that she's shared with us today. Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on. We truly appreciate it. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, so, so much for tuning in to this episode this week. We are so, so grateful for all the time that you spend with us, all the support that you give us, and it would mean the absolute world to us if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We have a giveaway 
in that each episode, we give away a free month at Flourish Coworking Space in Westchester, together with a bunch of goodies from our online shop, our workshops, and maybe a little something, something. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a review and include your Instagram handle as your name or within the body of your review, or you can DM it to us at Flourish Westchester on Instagram. And thank you so much for all of your support. You can find me, Laura, at Laura M. DeFrancesco. And you can find me, Lindsay, at Sweet Green Soul. And me, Casey, at Casey Flo. Thank you, guys. Hope you have an amazing week.